Welcome to the Carter Report and thanks once again for joining us. Today we're going to continue the topic, how long does it take to be saved? This subject is really the most controversial subject in, in all of Christendom. It is the great truth of righteousness by faith, justification, sanctification through faith in the grace of God that split the church in the days of Martin Luther. It is the truth that is going to bring about the last great revival, righteousness by faith. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. When the human race became hopelessly ensnared in debt, God's own Son came down from heaven, opened up His veins, His lifeblood, and with His own crimson ink, He wrote across the parchment, I, Jesus Christ, will pay all your debts, and He has. My friend, if this is true, and the Bible says it is true, there's no need of purgatory, you see. There's no need of purgatory, and there's no need of penance. There's no need of any of those things. Those things are frauds because they add to the cross of Christ, and nothing can add to the cross. The cross was God's greatest act in history, and when He said, I have paid with my blood all of your debts. Jesus did it on the cross. Our great problem is that many of us here perhaps tonight haven't accepted that forgiveness. You see? I want you to come to one of the most profound chapters in the Bible, please. I would like you to come over here to Romans chapter 3. The cross was once and complete. That is why the Mass is so wrong. That is why the Catholic Mass is so unscriptural. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, the cross, the sacrifice of the cross was once and for all time. Only one sacrifice. Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10. And the, the Mass is a sacrifice, you see. And so it's wrong. The Bible says one sacrifice for all men for all time. Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10. And notice with me, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans 3 and verse 23. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24 says, Being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, even though all have sinned, the Bible says, all, A-double-L, -L, may be justified freely through His grace. Now, what does it mean to be justified? I don't like using these theological terms too often. But justify is a good Bible term. Let me write this word on the blackboard. 
and then let me tell you exactly what it means. And if you can see this tonight, as you certainly will, this will take a burden off your soul. The word justify, it is the Greek word which means not to make righteous, but to declare, to declare righteous. This is what Martin Luther taught, and this is why they heaved him out of the Church of Rome. Because the Church of Rome says justify means to make a person righteous. And therefore, nobody knows when God has accepted him because he doesn't know when he's been made righteous enough, you see. But the Bible says that God justifies. He declares that the sinner is righteous. Now, what does this mean? Now, look, we really need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand this. Do you know why? There are millions of people who go to church and they never understand this subject. And therefore, they never understand the grace of God and they're never happy and they don't obey God either. Now, let me tell you what it means. Tonight... A man comes into this meeting. He's never been to a religious meeting before. He's like the, the tax collector. But he's worse than that. A man comes in here and he is a murderer. He is a thief. He is a fornicator. He is an adulterer. He is everything that you can think of and prefer not to. And so he comes into this meeting tonight and he is a sinner. And he is falling short of the glory of God. And therefore, the Bible says, he is going, my friend, to topple into hell. But listen to this. There's another man here tonight too. And he is a member of a great church. In fact, he is an officer in a great church. And he pays his tithe and he goes to church several times on the weekend. And he is a good man, and everybody looks up to him. And he sits here tonight, and he says, Thank you, God, that I am not like that humbug who just came in the door. You see? Thank God that I am a good man. But as we sit here tonight, the Holy Spirit starts to work. And the Holy Spirit opens a door in the sinner's mind. The Holy Spirit opens the door and he sees Jesus dying for him on the cross. You see. He sees Jesus dying for him. You know the greatest thing that ever happened to me and my head is still spinning. 25 years ago, I came to the conclusion that Jesus had died personally for me. And when I discovered that Jesus had personally died for me, my friend, I was in a daze and I still find it hard to believe it. But that sinner sitting out here tonight, this man who's a murderer, thief and adulterer, he says, Jesus, Jesus died for me. Jesus really died for me. And he says, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to go to heaven, but Jesus, have mercy on me. And Lord, tonight 
I believe. Tonight, Lord, I'm coming to the cross. Tonight, Lord, I'm accepting you. And tonight, Lord, I'm doing it now. And God says, done. God says, you are forgiven. You, you are forgiven. You are forgiven now. God says, I justify you. That means I declare before the universe that this man, because of what Jesus did, not because of what he's done, but on the basis of what Jesus did, I declare that this man, because of what Jesus did, he is now sinless and he's coming with me to heaven. You see? Now that, that great, that magnificent gift is yours tonight. But my friend, if you think you're going to make it because you're good enough, you're not going to make it at all. You're going to go to hell. That's pretty strong for people to go to church, isn't it? The Bible says that we are saved by grace. We are not saved by our works because our works are never, never good enough. And listen, why you've got to come tomorrow night is because there is such a lot of superficial thinking in America and in Australia and in other places. People mouth a great deal about religion and they talk a great deal about religion, but they know very little, my friend, about the truth of the Bible. You hear that? And we ought to know. We ought to understand. And when Martin Luther saw this truth, my friend, he was climbing on his knees up the Scala Sancta in Rome. And he was saying prayers, trying to get to heaven by his praying. There are lots of people who are trying to get to heaven by their praying. And he was trying to get to heaven by his praying. And as he was climbing up the stairs, a voice, as it were, spoke to him and said, the just shall live by faith. And Martin Luther got up and said, could it be so? And when Martin Luther discovered that a man is saved by grace, not by penance, not by the mass, not by purgatory, not by any of these lies that are not taught in this book. Martin Luther started, my friend, the greatest religious movement since the days of the apostles. You see that? You and I are not saved because we have some religious strange experience and because we feel all elated. We're not saved because of that. We are saved on the merits of the blood of Jesus Christ that we accept through faith. And when I accept that, my friend, God says, determined, done. That's it. Come home. Now listen. When a man comes to Jesus, and I'm going to ask you to do so in a moment. When a man comes to Jesus, a miracle happens the moment he comes to Jesus. God puts the Holy Spirit within him. And he experiences what Jesus called in John 3, the new birth. And he becomes a new person. The man, my friend, who used to curse and swear, stops his cursing and swearing. 
the man who's had a violent temper and who would break up the furniture like my old dad used to do, a wild Irishman, that man becomes a peaceful new person. That marriage that was on the rocks because the husband and the wife were fighting each other and they were going down the street to get a divorce, God steps in and God says, wait on, I will show you a better way. Listen, friend. When a person is justified by faith, God steps into his life and makes him into a brand new person. That's a miracle, and God does that. I want you to come to one text over here in Hebrews, please. Over here to the book of Hebrews, and verse uh, 10 of chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. This is what God does for people when they come to Jesus Christ. When they are justified, God starts to make them over again, and they become brand new, shiny new Christians. Oh, it's, it's marvelous. It's, it's terrific news, and you and I can be excited. The Bible says, Hebrews 8 verse 10, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Did you hear that? Do you know what God does? When I come to Jesus Christ, and when I am justified, do you know what this text means? God says He puts His law not on tables of stone as He did at Mount Sinai, but do you know where He puts the law? Did you, did you hear? God puts the law where? On the heart. And now, my friend, when I come to Jesus and I am born again, and the Holy Spirit, the blessed Holy Spirit comes into me. I go out of this meeting not wanting to break God's law, but I walk out of this meeting and I've got a new power in my life and I've got the power of the Holy Spirit and I have the power of love in my life and now I am no longer going out to steal and to kill and to, to commit adultery and to break the Sabbath. I don't want to do that anymore because God has come into me and God has made me over again you see that's what happens my dear old dad God rest his soul had a terrible temper I've seen my dad get so mad that he's when I was a kid he'd start to break the furniture you know I've seen my mom get mad too but listen when my, and my old dad could never get the victory over his temper. He said, it's no good trying. My old dad, my friend, got the victory over his temper when my old dad came to Jesus Christ. Dad could never get the victory over those things, but Jesus gave him the victory. And I want you to know this. There is no sin that Jesus Christ cannot give us the victory over. Did you hear that? Listen, my friend, it doesn't matter what the problem is, even if the problem is drug-taking. Jesus is bigger than any drug. Did you know that? 
Jesus is stronger than any drug. Jesus is stronger than any vice. The Bible says, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You better believe tonight, my friend, that here we have the power of the Almighty God on our side and God wants us to use that power. God wants to make us new people. You see, this is not talking about going to church. This, my friend, is talking about going to heaven. You see, I was running a series of meetings once, and a man came, rather his wife came first. And she said to me, she started to accept the truth of God's Word and the truth of the Bible and the truth about Jesus. But her husband was absolutely opposed and he, tur- he, he was a drunkard and he had a foul temper. In fact, he was so mad, one night he came down to the meeting and tried to drag his wife out. And he too started to, to knock the furniture over. He was a wild man. But one night that man, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. God got into him. God's Spirit brought that man to the meeting. And that man sat in the meeting. And as I was talking from the Bible, the Holy Spirit started to talk to that man. And he started to squirm. Have you ever sat in a meeting and squirmed? I hope you're not squirming tonight. Or not too much. If you need to squirm, I hope you're squirming. But he he sat there. It's my job to comfort the afflicted, and to afflict the comfortable. Now, he sat, he sat there in that meeting that night, and as we read these texts, and I was talking on a subject like this, the Spirit of God reached into his heart. And that man, my friend, came to Jesus. He really did. And he was justified. He came to the cross. And God by the Holy Spirit, came into that man's heart. And that I have never seen such a radical transformation in such a short time. We don't need, my friend, to have months and months for people to have their lives changed. God can change a person and He can do it tonight. And that man was changed. Absolutely. Now, my friend, he still had a struggle with his temper. But as he read the Scriptures, God changed him and made him a soft, warm, loving Christian and healed his marriage. His wife said to me, I can't believe it. I can't believe he is the same man. I said, he is not the same man. Jesus has changed him. Now, friend, have I made this plain tonight? I don't know if I have made it plain. I've tried to make it plain. But I've tried to make it plain tonight that we are saved by what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
and we are saved when we come to the cross and accept His forgiveness. And I've tried to make it plain that when I come to Him, Jesus comes into us by the Holy Spirit and makes us over again. We're going to have a prayer. And then I'm going to pray with all my heart and all my soul that everybody here tonight is going to make that decision to let Jesus Christ come in and to become, in the true sense of the term, a Christian. In the true sense of the term. Would you bow your heads? And then we're going to have a special prayer. Oh, Father, tonight, very inadequately, Lord, with faltering lips, I have tried to talk about the way to get from here to heaven. And Lord, it is very plain. It is through what Jesus did. It is what Jesus did for us on the cross in becoming sin for us. And tonight, Lord, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. We're grateful to you, Lord. And we want you to know that. And tonight, Lord... We are conscious that we will perish without Jesus Christ. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, Jesus said, loses his own soul? And tonight, oh God, we want to come to Jesus Christ and we want to have our sins washed away tonight and we want the Holy Spirit to come into our lives we want him to come now, Lord, and we pray that he will do so. Oh, God, I can't let these folk go home tonight unless they give themselves to you. I want to see every person here tonight, Lord, right with God. As we're praying here tonight, Lord, please come visit every person. As we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. How many tonight would like to raise a hand and say, Oh, I want to accept Jesus. I want to accept his cross. I want to do it now. Would you raise your hand if that is your cry tonight? Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart tonight. I want every sin washed away and I want to be saved. I want to be justified by faith. Maybe there are Christians here tonight and you've done it before. I want you to raise your hand in recommitment. And maybe there is somebody here tonight who once was a follower of Jesus and you've wandered away. And tonight you are going to come back and you're going to show the Lord that you're coming back by lifting up your hand and making this conscious decision. Would you raise your hand tonight? Oh, I want everybody here to be right with Jesus, to be in the kingdom. I want to see everybody here tonight with Jesus. I want to appeal to you in the name of Jesus to give your life to Jesus now, would you raise your hand?
and say to Jesus, Dear Jesus, I come to you tonight. I come with all my faults. And I don't come because I'm worthy, but I come because Jesus died for me. And I'm coming now, Lord, to accept that gift. Oh, my Father, we've had a beautiful meeting here tonight, Lord. We have sensed your presence. Your Spirit has been here. And tonight, Lord, is a great audience of people, all equal, all brothers. We've come to you. We want you to wash us in the blood of Jesus and put your Holy Spirit within us, Lord. Make us brand new people tonight and save us in the kingdom. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen.